Welcome to The Real Deal with me, Larry Lawton, and I have a special guest with me today. I have Cheryl Joffreone, who happens to be my cousin, <laughs> who happens to be the most well-traveled person I've ever met in my life. And we are going to have some great conversations because she saved my life when I was younger. <laughs> we're even doing a video on that today, right, Cher? Yeah, we're doing it. Get, you, can you get right to the I mic? Can. Get, get right, and, to the mic. right to the mic. All right. Don't be scared of it. Don't <laughs> be scared of, scared of it. I'm right here. Okay, let me give you a little bit of background on Cheryl. Cheryl and I, uh, obviously, we're cousins. Uh, she's uh, close to my age. I am. I'll leave that. Looks a lot younger. Uh, <laughs> so, but uh, Cheryl uh, was with me throughout my life. Uh, we have a special bond. We are actually on the road right now, Cheryl and I. We are in Alabama. We're in Auburn, Alabama. Are indeed, and we are going from Alabama to Georgia to North Carolina to wherever the fuck we end up to New York City. Yeah, and then you're going flying back to the Canary Islands from Newark to the Canary Islands. That's where she lives. She now, uh, Cheryl is a corporate trainer. Is that would that be the best to describe you? Yeah, yeah, that's a good way. And to a say life it. coach, yes, obviously. Uh, she is the most balanced person I've ever met, and I'm not just saying that because she's here. Uh, She's helped me through a lot of things, and uh, I'm still learning. I always learn, and uh, and it's amazing how you how you pick things up, and you got that that disposition of the very you know you don't get mad, you don't get you know, things happen, and it's like you know water off a duck, mm. and I think that's great. Thank you. I mean, I don't know how you do it because I want to kill people half the time. <laughs> And so, most, most of the time, I'm trying to keep you from doing that. Yeah. <laughs> no, Cheryl, we're going to talk about a bunch of things because I want to talk about what you can help my audience and my people on. Uh, nice. Again, Cheryl is a life coach that has literally been in 48 countries. She sat with the Dalai Lama a few times, correct? correct. For multiple days yeah. at a time. That, that, just to talk about that for a second. That has to be amazing, sitting in the same room. Is it? Is it like, do you feel different? Oh, absolutely. Sitting in the room with someone who has that type of energetic, high vibrational energy, right, is what he's doing. And so even in, a, even in an auditorium, there's no question that that energy can be felt. But then one of the things that I really loved about the experience is not only is he absolutely brilliant, like he's he's trained in almost everything. He's incredibly brilliant. He's articulate. He's obviously deeply, deeply spiritual, but he's fun and funny and his laugh is amazing. And he has what I call grandfather energy. There's just this emanation of pure love that comes from him that just opens you up by just being in the room. And, and uh, talk, uh, okay. I, I read a few things we talked about a little bit because, you know, when Cheryl and I do a trip like this, we did it one before with the RV, the old RV, the one I burnt down and I didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the uh, Cheryl and I went on a trip there and that was a great trip too as well. But, and, and we get to really discuss a lot of stuff, you know, obviously. And the reason I'm, I'm talking about the Dalai Lama it's because people on my show know I'm, I am not religious. I mean, I am, I guess I'm spiritual. I even say that, but I'm not, I don't believe in religion because it, in, in itself. I think it's the biggest con in the world. Yeah. I think they just, it, it's a way to control people in my mind. Yeah. Now, now maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. You know, everybody has to have their opinion mm -hmm. or, or, or what yeah. they believe. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know where the hell I'm going, 
and I don't care. You can put me in a dumpster when I'm dead. I don't give a shit. The because I don't have that uh, uh, belief that oh, you know, you have to be buried or you have to be this or you. I, I don't know. I just zero zero want that or even care about that. Yeah, I consider my body like uh, my favorite pair of old blue jeans. Once they're it's worn out, then it's time to get rid of it. Right. You know, I I, I look at this, and you know, we we talk because you gave me a book, and I read about Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama. What mm-hmm. what a relationship they had, and that's another guy people don't know how how calming. I I got him. He was older than the Dalai Lama, uh, and but he had that 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 aura about him too. In the book, it actually has more about him. If if you you know you you gave it to me, and, and I I kind of wish I would have a little bit knew more about him. The Dalai Lama. Can you give everybody a background of what the Dalai Lama is? What Buddhism? A little bit. Just give the audience because they're probably saying, "What the who the fuck is the Dalai Lama?" Or what is it, and where is it? And because you are so grounded and you educated, obviously forty eight countries, and uh, we're going to go over some of them countries because I think. Uh, but can you give the audience a little bit of what the Dalai and who he is and, and uh, what he represents? Yeah. So the Dalai the Dalai Lama is uh, a lineage of Dalai Lamas, right? So what what the what the belief is is that when one Dalai Lama dies. Spirit, his spirit moves into um, the next chosen body, the next chosen person to be the Dalai Lama. And there's this extraordinary amount of tests that are done once a child presents that information and knowledge from reincarnation. And so they believe it. They absolutely believe Buddhism uh, talks about reincarnation, that spirits continue on. And um, the Dalai Lama brings it, it's supposed to present himself in the next body by giving information that no child would ever have, but only the previous Dalai Lama or other Dalai Lamas would know, right? Now, uh, he's but the 14th Dalai Lama, I think I read. I think that's correct. But yeah, I, I think yeah. he's the 14th. And uh, so that means there were four, there were 14. There's 13 before him. Right. Now, how, who picks this? Who is the one who says, you're it, kid? So it presents in the parents. So the parents start recognizing and seeing and hearing something different from what the child is doing. So everybody thinks that their children are special, <laughs> right? Mm. Not everybody thinks their child is the Dalai Lama, let's <laughs> put it that way. And so um, and so it literally is information coming through a small child, say six years old, seven years old. That's ancient, ancient wisdom. And then they'll they'll notify someone within their, you know, a, a Buddhist uh monk or something like that in their community and then and then there's a series of tests that goes on to actually prove out to see and it's obviously not easy to pass now i'm no expert on buddhism so i'm just giving you kind of some of the highlights there's a lot of depth and information out there on it but that's it they but but a small child presents information that only the incarnated Dalai Lama would have. But I can't even imagine this t- in today's world with, mm. with, with, with phones and this and everything else. Now, the Dalai Lama, he was from Tibet. Yes. Is that correct? Are they all from Tibet? Well, it, it, yes. I mean, the, the within, so I, I can't answer that, but in the country, I mean, the Dalai Lama, I mean, all of the Dalai Lamas were Tibetan, right? It's only been this Dalai Lama that, that, that had to flee from the country when China took Tibet, right? So he was he was young and when he was fleeing the country and now he lives in Dharamsala, uh, India. He's, you know, giving refuge there 
He was a refugee, literally, mm. when he had to leave. So before then, it was always Tibetan monks, and it was in their own country. Uh, does he have like a flock? Does he have like a fo- obviously he has a follow mega following? Yeah. But does he like like you you know the Pope or uh, you know uh, whatever a, a, a Muslim or a rabbi or so? I mean that, that has a flock. Does he have a flock? I would I. So I I think the way he would think of that is that um any any person who's called to him like he and he does a lot on the internet now he'll do when when uh I saw him I see see him do a lot he's got a he does live uh uh broadcasts on Facebook right and has like with that yeah so I, I can't it, imagine he does Facebook there has to be people behind the scenes doing Facebook the scenes. trust me it's actually very necessary. I can't do it but he, he, but he walks in he walks in and be, i think this probably happened during covid it got very big but he, there'd be a big screen of people that he could interact with mm. right and when as he was uh they and they ask questions and do all sorts of things like that so yeah like he and then he travels the world and 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 you know gives teachings and um and just shares wisdom and you know but i he doesn't i would never think that he he doesn't position himself as which I'm thinking you're leaning to a guru with a, with a, a following on that. I don't know, you know, the Pope. Yeah. I'm obvious. And I like this Pope. Don't, think, don't, don't get me wrong. The Pope, does, the Pope does either. Right. I think he has, he believes in anybody who wants to. Oh, he even says gay people, yes. this people. He's very, very, He's I like a, this Pope yeah, personally. Yeah, 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 uh, now what I, I don't believe in a Catholic religion mm. or, or any, again, religion mm. and organized, and organized religion. religion. Sure. And, I don't see that in Buddhism. No, no, because Buddhism is not a religion. It's a practice. Ah, so do, do you have to claim to be a Buddhist or any, or can anybody just say I'm Buddhist? Anybody can practice Buddhism. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an, it's an open practice. Anybody can practice Buddhism, right? There, it is a, it's a way of living and it, it certainly is a belief system, right? They do believe in reincarnation and they do believe. Do in, you? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. You believe in reincarnation? I believe that. Wow, I didn't know that. This yeah. is great. They're my cousin. I didn't know this shit. Yeah, well, I believe that I believe in the in the idea that that as that we are energetic beings, right? And just because the body dies doesn't mean the energy ends. Like there's no beginning and no end to energy. Wow, that, that this is going to get deep. And the reason I I'm liking this conversation is because I keep putting myself into somebody who's listening. Mm. And when I, and people who know me know that uh, when I was in the hole for a long time, and you know very well, you I used do. to get the letters and pencil and everything else. <laughs> and I, did. Uh, I always I, knew you were back in the hole when I got letters and pencil. <laughs> as a matter of fact, and and I and I read the Bible five times, yep. cover to cover. Yep. I read Buddha. You sent me the Buddha's books, okay. uh, and then uh, I, I read the Quran. Mm-hmm. I read the Torah. Torah is the, really the Old Testament, but so I've read all the the the, the spiritual books. Mm-hmm. I don't believe any, but I really fell more towards a, a, a Buddhism because yeah. uh, of the peacefulness of it. Yeah. I mean, if, if you read the Bible, King David killed 5,000 people, fucked his, his, his best friend's wife, killed him, but now he's a fucking uh, saint or whatever the fuck they call him. It's crazy. I mean, the death and destruction in these, these books are crazy. You don't see that in Buddhism. No. They don't kill a fly. Exactly. Like they, they practice nonviolence. I mean, it's, it, it's such a peaceful, 
Uh, do you have Do you have any idea who, where it came from or who started, or or is it that's not your realm? The, I mean, I'm not an expert at right, it. Right, I know but, that, but, but you the, know a lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, it was the Buddha, the Buddha, like reaching, reaching. That. Peter, Peter, Peter's the Buddha. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My friend we Peter. Love Peter. I love Peter. Absolutely. Love Peter. And he is a practicing Buddhist. Yes, right? he is. So, and a teacher on that. So he, he's probably been on here and talked about this. Hasn't he? Uh, no, but I will have him on. No, here. no. He's a good one to be able to give the, the history of it, but, but yeah, the, he gives tours and everything. But the, yeah, yeah. The temples in Orlando. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but the, but the, the, the story of the man bef- before he reached enlightenment is a, is a fantastic story. He was actually the, a prince, the son of a king and, I mean, I'm not going to get any of this right if you look me up, but for sure. But, but, <laughs> but you know, but he actually, he actually walked away from the, his royal heritage because he saw so much suffering in the world. And he went and sat under a Bodhi tree. This is literally that's like, that picture of that's him like picture. that. And he sits under the Bodhi tree and, and eventually, <laughs> you know, goes d- d- deeply into suffering and reaches a sense of enlightenment. And in that enlightenment, in that process, and it's a, it's a, uh, the, the meditation, that he supposedly practiced to reach enlightenment is called Vipassana meditation. I've actually done a Vipassana retreat and it's usually a, like a, a nine or 10 day silent sitting. Is that like an ayahuasca? No, no, there's that, no that, plant that, medicine involved. Damn, damn no, then I don't want to do it. <laughs> no, there's actually, there's sitting for 12 hours of non-moving meditation in different, like you start for, do you do in every day you do two hours and then three hours and then four hours. And then you come back to two you don't move. and you're not it, it. The idea is that all suffering is transient. And so when you're, when you sit, pain will happen. I don't care how, I don't care who you are, how it is. You sit long enough in one position, your body will start registering pain. Absolutely. But if you sit long enough without resistance to pain, it actually moves through you and then you can start seeing the pain that isn't not only is it not permanent, but it doesn't even stay in the same locations. It moves and it's transient. And so the idea is, is that without, you know, the way I like to talk about it is that uh, pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice with it's the resistance to pain that usually creates suffering. So if you don't resist it, you surrender into it. You got you get. You know, I'm in. I I have very bad back. Very stuff. You know. So you're trying to say I'm giving into it? No, I'm not saying you're not feeling pain. But I what I see in you is you don't turn it into suffering. You don't let it stop you. No, I'm not going. You don't resist the pain. The pain is there, but you still move. You're not. You're not resisting the pain or holding too tightly to it or trying to avoid it. The pain is a part of who you are and has been for many many decades. Uh. Of course, nobody likes pain, but the resistance to pain or the focus on how bad it hurts all the time creates suffering. Okay, I'm I'm buying that. I'm buying that. Well, I I mean, I just I think when when you come to realization, it. it, But I'll tell you what, though, sometimes it gets very depressing. You know, when you when you when you know it's never going to end. I that's what's depressing. I think it's one of the hardest things for in in human. Um, and navigating human life is is um, is severe chronic pain, yeah. severe chronic illness. Then I so at the at the when I when I was facilitating support groups at the Center for Attitudinal Healing, the support group that I facilitated was was adults living with chronic illness, and it was the support group that that most people didn't want to facilitate because it was the hardest support group to be with. 
Um, because if people are living with a life-threatening illness, there's an, there's an end in sight. Chronic pain, chronic illness is indefinite. There's no end in sight. And so it, there's a, the, there's a whole process inside of that that can be depressing, that can, can create hopelessness, that can create all sorts of really, uh, um, just deep, Suffering. In, you, you know, I'm, I'm comparing it to uh, what you say in Isaiah, and you understand this. When you go to prison mm. and you go to the hole mm. in prison, yeah, yeah. When they put me in the hole, and this happened many times, you know this. They put me for investigation. You have no date. Yeah, you don't know it's when definite. it's yeah. gonna end. That's it. That to me was harder than me knocking somebody out, stabbing some, whatever I did to get in a hole. Well, legit times. Yeah. Uh, you knew you got what they call the DHO. You go to discipline hearing officer. He says you got 30, 45, That's it. 60 days. No. Okay. You got it. You, you're looking, you're looking at that date. Yeah. You're That's figuring right. it out. That's right. But when they say Lawton, you're under investigation. It got to you because you, it, yeah. it, I remember they put me in there 11 straight months. That's yeah. when they beat me. And, and, and it was, it, it wasn't the, I think I, I think I fought back and I think I did everything just to get, to be human, to, okay. to feel interaction, to feel stuff. But I, I, that's the same with pain. Yes. You know, I mean, I think it is pain. Yeah. Tim, listen, I, I know people, my buddy, Joe, who just passed away. Yeah. Uh, he had the same thing as me. And we used to talk about it. We used to go out once a month. You remember Joe? Of course. And uh, we used to talk about it. We used to go out and go for lunch once a month. And, and we like commiserate together. Mm. And I have help from, cause he was older and, you know, I, I'm so depressed. It's just never going away. And you tried everything in the book, you know, everything. You know, you try everything. You will try everything when you have that kind of pain. Of course. You know, you just don't, people don't get it. Until somebody had back pain, yeah, true back, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. they don't get it. Mm. Most people will run into a back pain and then they're on the floor or they can't brush their teeth. And then they go, oh, fuck, this is real shit. I mean, literally, you can't breathe. I don't know if you ever had that. Probably not. I, I've had. You're a vegetarian. You're in great shape. <laughs> Stop it. You, she walks across Spain, people. Uh, she's in amazing shape. Check her out on YouTube if you listen to this on Spotify, iTunes, or all the other platforms. She is in amazing shape. She's been a vegetarian for 40 years, pretty much since you were old enough to make your own choices. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, obviously, it's, it's done you right. You know, I mean, and and. But I, I just love my, I love my fucking burgers. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. Your burgers did not create your, your back pain. So we do. No, no, no. I'm saying I, I lost my weight too. They have exasperated the oh, back they, pain. When I was fat. Yeah. No, I lost a lot of weight. Everybody knows that. And, and uh, yeah, it's one of the best things I've done. By the way, so proud of you. Oh, I'll say you. it to everybody out there. As I said it to you, I'm so proud of you. You look thank amazing. You. From you, it comes a lot. It <laughs> makes such a difference. Yes. Yes. You know, I feel so much better. I, I have the do. energy again. I want to, you know, I got to get, you know, you were fixing me. This trip is part of fixing Larry, everybody. She's got me in here and she knows when to talk to me, when not to talk to me. She knows when I'm, she just knows. It's amazing. She don't try to bombard you, but she hits it. The one thing you said the other day, mm. I fucking love it. Mm. It's a saying, and I'm going to get shirts on it. What is it? Okay. Can you remember it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Let's nothing, see nothing yes. tastes as good as living feels. You did it. Yes, that's it. Nothing tastes as good as living feels. Meaning. 
No food is worth dying, I guess, or, yeah. or, or if that's what you mean. You or, or worse, no food is worth creating a cascade effect in your body that ends up in chronic illness right. and chronic pain. And diet is is a fundamental healing agency. Or I a, hate the word diet. Yeah. Well, I mean, so. I, I, I consider what I do now, intermittent fasting. A lifestyle. Yes, yes. But diet, what I mean is actually food choices, your choice of what you put into. So lifestyle, it creates, a, is a whole different, it's a it's a holistic term of everything you choose. But literally the food, the, what you put in your body for nourishment is, or not, it's either toxic or it's nourishing, right? I don't know. You know, Listen, you can't tell me, I don't care, whatever. You tell me I can't eat pizza. It's, it, it's called a non-starter. Right. But if you knew, and this is, would never happen, but let's just do extreme. If you knew that if you did, if you stopped eating pizza, your back pain would go away. That's not, it's not possible. But if you knew oh, that, I would stop eating pizza. Then sure. see, it's not a non-starter, right? That's the thing. And so sometimes there are, there are, uh, there are choices that are made that if you give up those choices, right? Or at least moderate it greatly, you can have, you can have really good beneficial effects right obviously quantifying those or or Mm -hmm. you know and it doesn't happen after so long or listen you've been doing you've been doing your stuff for again 40 years i mean literally you've walked across spain you've traveled to 48 countries you're the most traveled woman i know or travel person i know pretty much because you don't just go there and and like go go get a bus ticket and and land at the airport say well i've been here you have hiked them. You've, <laughs> I, I know. I, I, as my cousin, I, where is Cheryl now? What the <laughs> where, fuck? Where is Waldo? Yeah, where, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I get. Where in the world is Cheryl? I'm, I'm not time. kidding you, people. He lived, she lived in Hungary. Uh, she's obviously Spain now, Canary Islands. Do you ever live in America again? <laughs> you know, I never say never. And you know yeah, because well you, you might be coming back for the cigar. <laughs> for, <laughs> that's exactly. For, you know, any compelling reason that intuitively feels right, uh, I you know I always follow my intuition. And so if there's if there's a compelling reason and a purpose that calls me back to living in the United States, of course I would. Like, I, you know, I, it just depends on, on the, you know, what would be the magnet to make that happen. Oh man, I mean, that is such a a deep thing. I think it's great and deep because I always look at things like you know I started the cigar brand, and uh, one I want to thank Oliva Cigars, they're one of our sponsors. So is you wager, and we'll talk about them a little bit yeah, later. Very nice. They're very good, they're mm. good people, and uh, I have to get excited for something like you just said. It has to be the legacy piece. I consider it a legacy thing. You know, yeah. cigars is a legacy. My name on them, they're going to be over the country, all over the world. Yeah. And you're proud of them. Like oh. you really love these cigars. Oh, you know it. You yeah. see it. Yeah. Could you even go in the room yesterday? I couldn't go in the room yesterday. <laughs> there was so much cigar smoke in that room. It David was, like, was in there. Oh my gosh. Was, I walked into a haze and my, my throat started closing, but yes, I, I, I want to <laughs> tell the audience something. I don't know if you get sorted on YouTube or, or, or Instagram or whatever. I will be a grandfather. Yes. That is pretty exciting. Yes. Shit, man. Congratulations. There's a video out there. That I love it. I can't wait because I never got like my son has the two grandkids. Yeah, but they're in New York. I'm going, you know, obviously I'm going to be seeing here in a few days. You know, yeah, as soon as we get so there. So that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, I look at it and I think, wow. I mean, because I don't know, you know, I miss my kids because of my bad choices. Right. You know, I obviously, know. I know, and it hurts in its mm-hmm. own way. But you got to move on. You got to again. You, you got to undo it. No, nope, can't mm-hmm. undo it. You got to do it. 
And uh, so you have to just take the moment you get mm-hmm. and enjoy them, mm-hmm. have fun with them. And then that's why, again, the cigar, this cigar is going to outlast me. Yeah. And that's how I look at it. This cigar, everybody, is amazing. I'm not kidding you. This is. So I can tell you a story about this. New Year's Eve. Go ahead. You know, I was sitting next to you, to your friend. We were around a a, um, nice big bonfire. Oh, yeah. And he was telling me he smokes six cigars a day and has for decades. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Frank. Frank. So, Frank. Cheers to Frank. Thank you for the invitation for the bonfire. And so Frank smokes six cigars a day. And what he was telling me about, he was, and he brought this up. He volunteered. Um, and well, he was asked if I wanted to smoke a cigar. <laughs> and, um, and so he said he smokes six cigars a day and has for decades and decades. And that this, your cigar is very special. He says, as a matter of fact, he says it's unique to all the cigars that he smokes. And he, he only smokes one of yours a day because he wants, he, I mean, he, creates that time that's the most special time to smoke it and it's yours oh i didn't hear you know uh the i was sitting next to mike another friend of mine yeah and mike got the thing and the more he smoked it the more that he he was rating it yeah now this is a man who's obviously very wealthy very you know very like very very yeah. but a connoisseur of of good of cigars. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of sort of of good stuff yeah, yeah but good, good stuff. cigars yeah. and he was and he's such an intelligent guy he really is and I'm not, he's got 20, 30 patents. I mean, but he, he kept smoking it and saying, wow, the smoke, the burn. And, and I'm proud of that. You, you know that, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and we got the right team now in place. Yes. You know, it took a little bit to get the right team in place. And then you, you, you know, you, you fix problems, you get the over them and you go and you, and you knock it dead, you know? And I, I foresee this thing so big. I really do. But yeah. it's not just the cigar because it, it, obviously with the cigar you go, you know, there's going to be um, other items that come along with the cigar, mm. events that come along. The, you know, oh. there's so many, what do you call them? Web, it's like a, a web. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I, I, I want to get into a little bit more of you for a minute here. Uh, we're going to forget that we know about the cigars. <laughs> yes, we do. We're going to know about a lot of them. Okay, you're a corporate trainer. I am. What did you do when you were young? Now, I knew it. But tell the audience what you did when you in the early 80s. Yeah. And so when we say corporate trainer, I'm an independent consultant with corporations and usually sales and negotiation skills is my is one of my specialties as well as customer communications, communication skills. Um, my first career, I was. Oh, in, so you work for yourself. I do. It's your corporation, your company. Yeah, it's me. Yeah. Well, I, well I, yeah, you can't. Obviously, <laughs> I know. No, I is. know that feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but my first career, I was an air traffic controller. You know, when I knew that because your father was a big wig in the in, He in was the, chief of aeronautical engineering yeah. for the FAA. <laughs> yeah, he's not, that's no joke position. That yeah. was a big time position. Yeah, exactly. And did he get you in it? No, he, I don't lie. A little family nepotism here? No, you can't actually get somebody into air traffic control. Oh, <laughs> oh you can't? It's not like the old mob days? You know, put them in there. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a no-show job. That's a, yeah, that, <laughs> that's yeah, a that's no-show job. Say. There are a lot of lives on the line when uh, for air traffic control. It was his idea, though. He did call me up out of the blue, and uh, one afternoon, and I was, I was, um, I was literally working finance in the oil fields in because uh, I had at uh, Texas, yeah, in uh, Oklahoma, actually. And he and he he called me up and and just like randomly was like, you know, so have you ever thought about being an air traffic controller? And I was like, Pops, I'm a little busy right now. I was really young. I was like 
19, I was 19 when he come. Um, and he was, I could pop some busy right now. Get to the point. Like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, the test is next week. So the way to get in is it's a federal government job and you have to take an entrance exam to qualify to, and you have to get in the top, top 10% of the country. And then that qualifies you to go to the academy if you're chosen. And then it's an up or out process. So they really, to this day, they do this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so these people are just put in there like the you know, high school just, equivalent diploma. N- and- nobody could. Well, you don't have to have any. You don't have to have any special background. What you have to do is pass the test. But then it's it's an up or out process. So if any point you don't keep passing and getting, then you're out. Then you're out. It's up or out. It's exactly. There's no just, second chance. There's no, no, we're not not no unless there's some compelling reason that something happened and people, right. you know can. Do that, but no, it's a, it's an. Well, there's no out. second chance in the air. Yeah, so, <laughs> right. exactly. And so, what was funny about that was, is like I said, if I tell you, I'll I'll take the test. Well, can we get off the phone now? So it turns out, and so I showed up the next week. I took two hours off of work. Turns out it's like a four hour test. Turns out people study for it for a year. <laughs> there was a whole. Pro- I was just taking the test and and uh, randomly actually passed. And and they called and offered me the job. They was like, you know, so you know you. We would like you to start. Uh, you don't think there's a little pull there? No, not at all. No, you, the grades are the grades. Like, there's just no way. No, you know, you know I would have figured a way around that shit. I kind of <laughs> think you wouldn't have. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go to the academy, and I was I was hired for all radar control, which is called center control. And so then when you start the academy, the academy is up at or out. So the academy, you go. How to, long is the academy? The national academy lasts for. It's at the first part of the program is three months, and it washes out like in in. Um, in center control, it washes out 80% of the people. Like from the from the beginning, probably 50% in academy, but from start to full performance level controller, 80% of people get washed out. Really? Mm-hmm. So the people up there are pretty smart. Or, smart uh, to stretch. They're good at air traffic. <laughs> well, no, no. It's not, it, 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 listen, if you're washing out uh, 80% of any number. But air, de- air traffic is an interesting thing, though. It doesn't take, it's not a reflection of intelligence. So I worked with a guy. Weren't you a supervisor or something? You became. I I mean, I went back. Yeah. So I was a a full performance level uh, air traffic controller at uh, Fort Worth Center, which is out of DFW in Texas. And then, and then I went back to, and I became a national, uh, I became an instructor at the National Academy for Air Traffic. Oh, so the place you went to the academy, you became an instructor. I I went back to become an instructor. Did you ever go like run a tower? And then I then I then I moved to the LA Basin area, and I was a air traffic manager of Torrance Tower. Now, what does that mean? Like, uh, get, get, I mean, did, are you running that tower? Yeah, yeah, I was a manager. So you're just really talking to it. it's paperwork. Then you're not up there on the radar yourself. So once I got to the t- and there, the, by the time you're doing the Torrance Tower was actually a non-radar. I had had some, but it was a non-radar tower. No, I was I managed all the air traffic controllers. I handled all of that, did all the interaction in the LA Basin area. So, um, so no, by the time because I wasn't actually I wasn't actually a tower controller. I was a center controller. I just ran the tower because the that the, that tower at the time that. They offered me the job was in a hot mess and there was a lot of those are right lawsuits. after Reagan fire fired those guys. Right? No, this was years after that. I, I went into the Academy about a, about a year and a half after uh, Reagan right, fired, fired yeah. For the, so I yeah, started yeah. right at, at that. So, yeah. Yeah. So then, then just, yeah. Ran the air traffic tower. So uh, have you seen disasters? 
Disaster. I mean, crash, plane crashes on your oh, watch? Oh, or, I, I, well, I, I thought we went to a, a TV no, show. No, 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 no. You know what? I mean, I mean, yeah. that's got to, I mean. It, I, I mean, yes. I mean, here's the thing about if you're in air traffic. So what I was going to tell you is, so let, let's talk about what it takes. So it's not a special. See, you always get me right back on track. Exactly. It's <laughs> not It's not a special intelligence. There's not even a background that you can have that, like a lot of military air traffic controllers wash out in, in that. So, but what it takes is for, is that I, I work worked with a guy at the academy who had seven PhDs. He was he was ridiculously smart on on so many levels, not a lot of common sense. But what they brought him in to Typical. do and right and what they brought him in to do is to see if they could crack the code because it's incredibly expensive to start and lose 80% of people, oh my, 50% yeah. to 80%, right? Absolutely. And and not efficient. It's also not very efficient. So he he was trying to crack the code on what it takes to Yeah, actually then you be go right for the guys who right, sure. And it turns out that uh, that only like it's that. So there's some of the innate qualities that you have to have. So it's an innate quality. Calm under siege, right, is one of them. Um, the ability to see big picture and small details simultaneously. The ability to be able to multitask, right? And so if you innately have those characteristics, they can then be honed in the level of expertise in air traffic. So it was by sheer luck that I had those innate characteristics. So it's not, it's like I say it all the time, it's not about intelligence, but it, there is an innate quality that needs to that needs to happen to make you good at doing that job. Well, it, I'm going to stay on air traffic home for one minute. Mm. Uh, I mean, you, you, you got out a while ago, though. I did. But still, you know, there's people you know to this day in there, correct? There is. As a matter of fact, we were going to see somebody. Yeah. Um, is, the, is the sky's too crowded i mean what is going how much can they take i mean we we do call it the big sky theory there it there it is a big sky there's a lot of room no i there. get it but mm-hmm. they, i mean they, i mean you know they, there's no room for a, there's no fender benders here no absolutely not but i i will tell you i i think that they that we have the i mean the air traffic control workforce is exceptional they're extraordinary and they do an amazing job and the best way the best example i as i can get is that is 911 when the entire country had to like empty the airspace it shut the, the air down within a matter of hours and did a brilliant now, job who did that it. the air traffic controllers all air traffic controllers did of course but why did they let the guys go back to saudi arabia can't answer that question oh you knew what i meant <laughs> uh, bush family friend the uh <laughs> No, uh, uh, it's so they, they're the ones who grounded. Absolutely. Emptied the skies, right? When and you that's, ground, an, that's an, when that's you an ground. amazing thing. People don't understand if you're not in it, what an extraordinary feat that was and the level of expertise and coordination that takes. I, it's a, so here's what I say all the time. I feel like flying to me, like it's, it's so safe. And I know that there are, are um, there are fears of flying for many different reasons, but the bottom line is, is it's, it's a very, very safe, very safe. And the experts. I mean, they always say that you, you'll, you know, you ten times more likely to die in a car accident than a plane I mean, crash, and so you know, you always do hear. I, I have zero fears about any of this crap anyway. Yeah, I mean, because it's going to happen. It's never whether it's COVID or fucking uh, air traffic control. I mean, right. you know, or plane crash. Right. Doesn't mean, you know, I, I don't like the small seats and uh, I feel like a fucking sardine. <laughs> and I mean, I used to anyway. Yeah, yeah. But fair. the, uh, so, okay, we're going to go from air traffic control. So you leave air traffic mm. control mm. after 12 years. Yeah. Uh, are you retired? Did you get a pension? It was a buyout. They bought you out. Yeah, it was the one and only buyout air traffic. Did you ever, ever do you regret it? 
Oh, God, no. I, obviously, I mean, you're no. very successful. My, but My life is amazing. No, it's actually the thing that kind of started the, the treasure hunt. So, I, you know, I laughingly say that my, my, my life is a treasure hunt revealed to me one clue at a time. So my air traffic uh, my air traffic career was amazing, and I loved it. I loved every part of it. But I had I had done everything I wanted to do in that career, and and retirement. Like I started, I, I took the test when I was. Was your retirement twenty years old? Twenty? No. Like, like military? Like I'm retired military? Yeah. You no, know no, no, no. It would be. It's like it. So the earliest I could have retired would have been fifty, right? And I would have had. 32 so years. Could, it's like it's like I don't remember what the retirement was, but it's like if you have a number of decades and you're 50, then you can retire. If not, it's 55. So it's a regular government retirement, right? Which meant that after at you know anything left to do because I was just moving up in my career would have been pushing a desk in Washington, and that didn't look you know I yeah, didn't it's think not that, your, it's, your style, it's no. so not me. So when this buyout came out, it actually came out for people that they were trying to get the old timers out, but I was high enough in my career that I qualified. And so I literally sat in my house in Redondo Beach on a Sunday and didn't talk this over with anybody. And to, to be able to do it, they gave you a week. You had to put in your paperwork and you were out in a week. It was a fast wow. turnaround. Like, we'll get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, and this is all I knew. Now, remember, I'm 19 years old. I have like, when you went with, in. With, yeah. a, with a high school degree and nothing else. Right. And all I know how to do is tell pilots where to go. And um, and so basically I sat there and then I had this thought and it was actually a T-shirt that Donna gave me, your sister. No. That drove this first decision for me to Holy dive into fuck. the mystery. I see this shit I didn't notice. Yeah, Donna gave me a She since passed. Yeah, yeah. Donna yeah, Donna. Oh my gosh. So I happened? love her. Oh, Donna yeah. gave me a t shirt and I'm contemplating I'm sitting there contemplating what I'm gonna do in Redondo Beach with my dog drinking a beer. She had such a great personality, Donna. So fun. I know. And so the t shirt says, Don't die wondering. Yeah. And I went. I don't want to die. I I had no idea what I would do. I had no idea. I was qualified to do absolutely nothing, and uh, but I didn't want to die wondering what I could have done if I'd only if I if I had only tried. I say something a little bit different, but I say I never want to be on my deathbed and say the words I should have. Yeah, I should have did this. I yeah. should have tried this. I should have went here. I should have I don't know fucked some goat. I don't know whatever fuck you want to talk. I don't ever want to say that. And I don't think I will, but people do. And, and, and they're always waiting for something. Yeah. I'll do it net later. I'll do it later. Or I'll, I'll, I tell young people, they, oh, I'm going to get married after we pay off the college and we get a, I'm a, then right. it's always something else. Just get fucking married. Figure it out. Yeah. I, I talk about George and Ann. Yeah. You know, my cousin oh. there and is married 77 years. I think they were 75 years they were married. Over 75. Mm. Literally married mm. 75. I like to live 75, <laughs> but forget married. The uh, So you ended up leaving after the 12 years. So then, yeah. So and and how is, do you fall into what you're doing? Yeah. So I, oh my God, it's such a, again, treasure hunt revealed one clue at a time. I, so I've also, you know, the, one of the things is, is I'm not, I'm not built to do the same thing forever. Like that's just not. It's like I kind of came here. You've been doing this for a long time, this training oh, stuff. Mike, but this is like my sixth turnaround of something. Like after air traffic, I dove into my first dive into the mystery, right? And I had no idea what I was going to do. So I spent a lot of time the next six months just um, uh, running on the beach and meditating and praying and crying. I cannot believe that you actually sit still. For, I could never do that. You know me. Mm. <laughs> sit still for 12 hours. Mm. Don't move. 
Oh, the Vipassana meditation. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it goes into, it's two hours and then three hours and then yeah. four hours. But it's also, it's noble silence. So you also can't, there's no communication. There's no reading. There's no writing. There's no making eye contact. Noble silence is no communication, not even you know verbal. Communi- you know, the human beings are, need communication. We don't need it if we're reaching enlightenment on a meditation for for 10 days. Like, we can go without communication. I don't know if I could do it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, that's, no, you, you being silent for 10 days would be a, a miracle. That would give you sainthood, I think. For me, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Fucking A. The, uh, so, okay, so you went from uh, you went from air traffic control. How, I mean, I know who, what you do now, and I know how successful you are and, and what you do, because mm. corporations call you all the time to do these trains all over the world, mm. actually. Mm. Um, and that's how you got to traveling, I think, right? Yeah, it's afforded me a lot of travel, no question. Right. And so how do you get into that? Oh, ev- the way I get into everything, it's, it's, it's like I got into YouTube, I think. Yeah. It's, it's just a series of miracles that show up and I say, yes. Well, I'm trying to give a little bit of heads up to young people who are listening. Yeah. And I have a lot of, you know, I don't want them to get lost in this. I want them to follow their dreams. I want them to That's follow it. what they're doing. I want them to, you know, but you don't always know this is, no, the- I agree with that. I so tell them, don't is, worry. Yeah. I think that's the hardest thing is like trying to, if anybody at any time says you have to figure out one thing to do that, that how are you going to do that? It's like, all you need to do is, is so go to school, be a doctor, get the, you know, I mean, no, it's not for everybody. So it's really about, it's about, first of all, that takes a level of inner listening, right? You have to actually start listening to yourself and not the, not just the voices in your head. I know that. And not the voices around. And I know that now. Um, But it's also, (laughs) it's also about being willing to live the questions. If you can live the questions long enough, you can live into the answer and the answer can be just what's next. So when I say my life is a treasure hunt revealed one clue at a time, I actually live in that mystery, right? Where I have no idea what I'm going to do. Literally no idea. This whole thing where people go, you need to know what's next before you, you know, you leave what you're doing. No, the way it shows up for me is I create that space. I dive into the mystery and now I've come to trust it. Because what I say is, is that the only place infinite possibilities exists is in the mystery. So if you can like let yourself open that space and listen and then talk about it. So the first time I was in it after air traffic, six months, a friend of mine's mother came over for dinner. She lived in Florida, as a matter of fact, Gainesville, Florida. And, um, and I, I had, was meditating on the beach and I had had this weird vision of working in spiritual and psychological support of children, of children and parents of children dying. Now, literally once I, that vision came to me, I looked up in the air and I went, what the hell am I supposed to do with that? None of that made sense, nor was it of interest to me. So, but I started talking about it. And so she flew back to Gainesville, pulled a book off her bookshelf written by Jerry Jampolsky called love is letting go of fear. She mailed it to me with a sticky in it from his, how he started the Center for Attitudinal Healing. And it said, this, it's your vision sounds like the exact one he had. You should go there and meet him. And he was, I was in Southern California and he was up in Northern California in Sausalito in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. And I went, well, what, what's going to happen? I'm going to like show up on the doorstep and they're going to look at me and go, we need you. And so I was like, okay. So I made a call. Uh, Jennifer Andrews answered the phone, the volunteer coordinator. She said, we're having a volunteer orientation on Thursday. You're welcome to come. So I got in my car. I drove up there. 
I sat through the orientation. She took me back into her office. We started talking. Literally, she goes, you know, I think we really need you. Um, Would you be willing to help us put on our biggest fundraiser ever? Now, here's also what's true. I've never been qualified to do anything I've ever done in my life. And so I went, okay. I'll I, I love that. I, that. That's why I do everything anyway. <laughs> fuck it. I, you think I was qualified to do you? I didn't know what fucking YouTube was. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. But I learned. That's exactly. But I fucking learned. So it's about showing up and listening and saying yes if it feels right. Right? And so it felt right. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was going to show up and do it. Is that is would that be the the number one advice you would give a young person? I, I I'm, I'm trying to think because again, I always look at this show and people call me and say, "Larry, I got a lot out of that show." Or did you know? Because you just open my eyes. Could be one little thing, yeah. especially when I got a guest. Even if it's just they don't like the guest, but yeah. he tells the tells it like it is. They go, "Man, I might not like him, but fuck it." He yeah. told it like it is. I got to respect that. Yeah, yeah. It seems like you're trying to tell people. Don't follow the regular bullshit people talk about. Fucking go for it. Or I mean, even when you don't know. If right, follow your gut. I mean, what do you heart. what do you get to, I mean, where do you come from? I know you, so it's mm. it's even hard for me to to wrap my head around it. Most people have that fear of how you're gonna pay the rent, how you're gonna eat, how you're gonna do you don't come from well, you 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 go you did all right. Your parents did all right. Yeah, but your dad. But you never got a fuck. No, I know that. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Good for them. Yay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I mean, did you ever feel? I mean, what what's in you that you don't have the normal fear of, you know, uh, eating or putting a roof over your head or paying the bills? Or what is it? So I know you can walk around this world and I've seen you do it in a knapsack. Yeah, literally. I'm, no. And I, and I, 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 you know, I respect that I know. because I was in prison yeah. and I know it means nothing. Yeah. They took everything from me. Six million and all the fucking shit. Yeah. When it really comes down to it. Stuff is tough. It's stuff is fucking. And it, it's hard to tell somebody that, you know, oh, it don't mean anything, you know, when they never had it. That's right. That's right. But you, where, how did you become so confident to do that? Because I've done it often enough to now trust. The oh, process. no, no. Now I get. But the first time it, I felt the fear and I did it anyway. What made you do it? Do you don't know? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, you do know. Yeah. Like what tr- did it? Truly. I didn't want to die wondering what else I could have done. So what I'm really good in, one of my superpowers is, is recognizing when I'm complete, when I have completed what I'm doing. Right. A lot of people know they're complete, but won't end it. Relationships, jobs, they know that they don't want to do it anymore, but they won't stop doing it. What I am, what I'm good about is, is recognizing I'm complete and finishing like and doing that's complete. If I if I complete there and walk away, then I know it will open up the space for something else to be able to come in. Right. And I had this full thought that that it wasn't going to come knocking on my door if my world was already too full. Like I needed to make space for something more to happen. I, you know, it's just. First of all, you were young at the time, obviously. Mm. That's deep. Mm. And, and, and I listen, I, I was a free spirit, too. You know that you know me very well. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't give a fuck. I mean, whether it was bad stuff, goods, I didn't care. Yeah. And I don't know where that comes from with some people, you know, and, and, and I I. I don't expect people to do stupid things. I and I don't want them to. No, no, you know, we no, know no, no, no. We don't want them to do stupid. No, things. no. We well, don't my, do- my, my, but I'm not talking about stupid. I mean, I don't know if it's a personality 
uh, trait, uh, how you grow up, what your parents are. I don't know because mm-hmm. we both grew up kind of like, you know, a same era, age and all that is I, I, I try to tell young people, go for it, you know, just go for it. And as long as you know who you are, fuck the world. You don't have to go out to the world. Just you got to know, look in the mirror. It's, you know who you are. Yeah. You like yourself. You love yourself. You should. Yeah. If you don't love yourself, it's all fucking something wrong. How do you expect somebody else to love you if, if, if you know if you don't love yourself? Right. And uh, you know you have to love yourself personally to love anybody else. You can't make somebody else happy if you can't make yourself happy. You know, I, I the way I put it is our outer circumstances are a ref- reflection of what's going on inside of us. Okay. Right. So if inside of you you've got in your head, which so many people do, and this is what I really like working, especially with young people, with is if the voice in your head is abusive and beating you up. Right. If you're looking in the mirror and calling yourself names and not feeling good enough and not doing all that, then that like I was this last week. Yes. Right. So here's the way I say it. It beca- It's a practice. It's a practice. You are not responsible for every thought that comes into your head, but you are responsible for the ones you hold on to. And whatever thoughts that you repeatedly tell yourself will start becoming reflected in the world because you will make yourself right. So. Like start working on that. How I put it is, is if you wouldn't say it to your favorite four-year-old child, don't say it to yourself. Uh, Not getting that. If you, if your self-talk is something that you wouldn't say to your grandchild, the way you talk to yourself, would you talk to your grandchild that way? No. Okay. Then don't talk to yourself that way. Give them a positive outlook. That's your filter. That's your filter. If you wouldn't say it to a child you love, your grandchild, your 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 own kid, your little like great. If you wouldn't say, I fuck to, my kids. Yeah, <laughs> no, only kidding, of course. <laughs> they got grandkids yeah. now. They both got grandkids, so they're out. <laughs> that's, that's exactly. That's exactly right. So, so and that's that's the filter. Is like you can actually control your. You can control the things you're telling yourself repeatedly, and it makes a difference on that. And so, in in the same thing, if you're telling yourself that you can't do it, you're saying you don't trust yourself to be able to go do it. Hundred percent understand. Hard to do when when you know, you know what I'm talking about. Mm. A situation with myself or anybody, mm. and and you do beat yourself up. Obviously, you got to move on. It can't be done. Done. The other things happen. All that, that's life. You know, right. I get that part right. of it. But it's easier said than done. And you know, I don't know where you is got, it. Well, is it here? Let Let me ask you this. Is it, is it like wait, that whole idea that, you know, it's, it's hard to talk nice to yourself, right? So here's the way I like to think about it. Is it hard for you to actually express yourself with kindness to me? Is it hard? No. Then is it hard to do? If you can do it with me, if you can do it with your grandchildren. But I like it's you. Not, <laughs> bingo. It's not hard to do. You're just not doing it in your self-talk. It's not, there's nothing hard about it. If any human has ever talked kindly to another human, which most humans try to do, they'll say, no, that's easy. They're really, they're kind. They're wonderful. It's easy for me to be nice to them. So it's not hard to be nice. If you make it hard to be nice to yourself, then that's the work you have to do. That's where the work shows up. Because why? Why is it harder to be nice to yourself than it is to me? I don't know. Yes, see, because it's a bad habit, and it's a it's a it's a it's a programmed tape that you can deprogram. Everybody can. It just takes a commitment and a practice. Don't make this hard. 
Um, it's, not hard. <laughs> it's not hard. I had to do it. That's part of my process was I had to learn how to actually look in the mirror and say nice things to myself. Really? Yes. But it was a commitment. I don't that even I remember you having a problem. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, no, no question. Like I would do the same thing. Like all the, all the, you know, whatever that happens to be like on all that self-talk, I would look in the mirror and be really harsh and hateful to myself. Was it all the wine? I mean, you've been a wine. Oh, no, oh. <laughs> no, no, the, the wine makes me much nicer <laughs> and happier. Um, so I went on a vision quest. Uh, 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 Thomas Pinkson took me. What is that? A vision. Yes. A, a vision quest. It was a just say vision quest because we're if i don't know what it is yeah i guarantee you 90 percent of what it's done so so a dear friend of mine from the center for attitudinal healing <laughs> is also a a, a full-fledged shaman with the weechal indians which is mesoamerican indians and so it's a native it's a native american tradition of, of native to what a native uh, uh native american native oh, it could be anything australia could it be a uh, like it's often indigenous tribes so most indigenous tribes have what's a form of rites of passage that is like a vision quest in other words you send they would they would go out they would send in often it happened in teenage years i have of course in our culture, that didn't happen. So I went on my vision quest, you know, older. But um, what happens is, is that you get sent out into the woods to in, in a fasting state. So you're fasting. There's no you're on your own. Right. There's no. And, and you stay out there long enough to wait for the vision to come to you of who of uh, of who you are. And like and so what it used to be is they would get visions and they would and then say it was a, a, a Native American a boy, he would, it would give him his name and his purpose in the tribe, right? It would come to him. So they would send him out to find who they are, to intuitively know and get the message. This is who we are, right? It's an amazing, it's an amazing rites of passage. I mean, this sounds so fucked up to these kids, you know, like, go find yourself. I mean, yeah. Except that literally when done in, in, in a way that's honored and held, People like we have our own best answers inside of us. You just have to move all the other crap out of the way. Uh, you know, you, you, I get. I get. Listen, you you know how much you've helped me through life. I mean, I was a fucking mess for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only prison, everything else that you know, I was fucking still a mess. I mean, I was just. I mean, I, I had anger issues. I have fucking violent issues. You know, I don't now. Yeah, exactly. I just, I don't hold on to that. Right. I don't hate. Do you remember when you told me about when I was abused and you told me those people, you hating them, they're hurting you. Do you remember when you told me that? Yeah, it's about forgiveness. Is a lack of for- Jerry. Jerry used to say this. Jerry Jampolsky. A lack of forgiveness is like taking poison, hoping the other person will die. Yeah, you kept saying it. You, you're killing yourself. Like yeah. they don't even know you. you yeah. They don't even give a shit. They, they must live a shitty life anyway. So the, just you got to forgive because oh, they're, they're so hurt. Right. They're so broke. That's right. They're broken. And the, th- the idea of forgiveness is not saying that anything they did to you was right. Oh, no, no, no. We know that. Wrong. Right. We know that. The idea of forgiveness is untying those knots that we have inside of ourselves, where we define ourselves by that experience of what they did to us. I, I agree. Like I, I try to tell this to young people. I said, you know. A lot of people, I remember psychologists telling me, like, after you were abused is when you started going crazy, you know. Of course. And, but I don't buy, I don't give them an excuse. I don't, like myself, yeah. I don't buy excuses to do anything. I think whatever happens to us, tragedy wise or anything wise, I think if you take it and you learn from it and you can educate others, it becomes a tool. I tell young people come to my program because they get in trouble. Yeah. 
whether it's a DUI, whether it's shoplifting. I don't care what the fuck it is. I said, listen, I'm not judging you. Don't judge yourself. But now you have experience in a place a lot of people haven't been. How many kids do you think were in jail for shoplifting? Not many. Not as many as you think anyway when you could go a room full of kids. But you can now tell them how sucky it is. You had to eat that bologna and you had a guy fucking strip search and you, lift, and you had to lift your nuts and fucking turn around all the shit that the humiliating shit. Mm. You have now something to offer in a way because it helps me. Yeah. I remember when I started my reality check program, I, I don't know if it was a greed or what. It helped me every time I helped them. Yep. So it was kind of, you know, it was, it was my own self, you yeah. know, to, I mean, it was good anyway. I mean, obviously still is, but it helped me. So I don't buy that. Okay. So, but here's the thing. All right. So what I like about yeah, right what you just that. said is that, um, the is that, is that giving and receiving are the same. Like, so what you're saying is when you were giving back to help other kids, you were receiving a, little, oh, oh, a lot of great So giving and receiving are the same. But let's go back to what, what the psychologist said to you about your early childhood uh, uh, sexual abuse and that it fucked you up, right? And you don't use that as an excuse. But here's the thing. It actually becomes an it, it, it starts driving and imprinting that happens that until you bring it into consciousness, it's running the show. So it's, oh, not I think an it ex- did for a long of time. Course. So it's not an, it's when you're, when you're saying it's not an excuse, it, it's not, there's not a, it's not a justification to do bad things, but until you become conscious that there's a wound and a trauma there that needs to be healed, it runs the show. So it's about making the choice to bring it into consciousness so that you can do it differently. Because if you don't bring it into consciousness, it doesn't feel like choice. That is so true. Cause for so many years, you don't, you know, it's embarrassment. It's a lot of things, you know, you know, fault. Well, hey, I'm, oh. there's a zillion reasons. And then, and then you wonder yourself and all this. I, I'm so open. I don't give a shit about why, you know, how I am right. now. Right. And I think that's just be obviously talking to you, people, other people who are, who I respect. Yeah. And, and I will listen mm. when I want to listen. I'm a very good listener. You are indeed. When I don't want to listen, I'm a fucking, uh, a solid block of fucking granite. You ain't getting through to, you know what I mean? And that's true too. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my, 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 my that, the reason I say that is because, mm. you know, when I talk to young people that, that have, we, I think everybody has strategy. I, of course. I, I mean, we're raised by and, humans and, and you who know have what? been raised by humans. And here's the problem with it. My tragedy of abuse is bad, but a person's tragedy by getting slapped in the face by a nun might just be as bad for them. Yeah. So I can't, you can't say it's mine's worse than yours or this. How a person handles it, I think, means everything, right? Yeah. There's no hierarchy in, in uh, trauma and pain and suffering. It, that's, that's a very internal process right, right. I, I have a very high tolerance obviously yeah, for it's a very internal and 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 we're all individually going to respond different because it's also the, you know that trauma may happen but it happens in very unique environments right so some people have more support for it some are d- d- like there's it's all individual it's about recognizing that 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 you can bring that into a level of consciousness to start Un- rewiring that in your own self and that it doesn't have to become a definition of who you are. Okay. I'm going to move one, one mm. to, to a point in that. I got it. You, how did you get to that point? And now was it that person you met the healing place? 
that that really started that. Because I'm seeing you go from head traffic control has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you go to the Center for Attitude Cent- Healing. Is that the place where you started really accepting or learning? Because uh, it doesn't seem like the air traffic controller would do that. No, but I started when I I started my own personal transformative and uh, journey, my own uh, when I was twenty eight years old. Right, so I started actively questioning and seeking um, information about everything in life to grow myself. So up from what I laughingly say is from 15 to 28, I knew everything. And then at 28, I recognized that I was the common denominator in my own life and I could no longer blame. It's not them. It's not them. I talk about that all the time. Yeah. And so all of a sudden at 28 and I was an air, I was actually, I was actually an, an instructor of the national Academy. Then at 28, I had an awakening to the fact that everything that was happening out there I was the only common denominator, right? In my whole, like, so you accept the responsibility. Exactly. Every circumstance that's happening that's different that I was bitching and or didn't like or that, I was like, wait a minute. I'm the only one in each of these circumstances. This must have something to do with me. And so I started my own personal internal journey of, I mean, figuring did that anybody out. guide you this way? Had to be like you guided me. Yeah, I mean, you know, I got to I mean, you know, I talk, I talk about it all the time. Yeah, well, you'll appreciate this though. I went, I and we're doing a video on what you did for me and saved my life. You know, oh. we're gonna, I, I'll let everybody know. One of our videos is going to be coming out, and and it's it's an amazing video how she really saved my life. Oh. that we're going to. I'm not going to. I'm going to leave it at that here. Okay, good. I don't want to talk about that here. Okay, good. But it's amazing, and it's a truly save that. I mean, because I know I was ready to snap. Yeah. But yeah. go ahead. So I just did what, and you're going to appreciate this because I just started voraciously reading oh, everything. That's me. Yeah. Like everything. We're like both everything. readers. So yeah. Like, you know, like what, you know, whether it was psychology or spirituality or self help or religion or this or that, everyone, all the world's religions, all the things. <coughs> like, what's yeah. a soul? What's my, you know, who am I? Like, like, I started asking all those questions and voraciously reading everything. And I just, and so. And it's know, amazing you didn't fall into that rabbit hole of. Obviously, someone who's a—I'll just give a—a uh, a Republican or a Democrat, either one. Mm. They start reading everything Republican, but they fall down that rabbit hole of just of uh, only, yeah, only that becoming siloed or right, yeah. and yeah. and you don't. No, and no, no. and I mean, what made you not find? Who do you pick? Right. How do you how do you say? Okay, I want to get a book. I remember you didn't have the internet back then either. I did not. I know. Can you imagine if I, I had. I, oh my god. <laughs> You me too, you I, know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when yeah. we were younger, yeah, uh, shit, we used to beat kids up for a dime to call sports phone. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so one of that's one of the reasons why I can't I can't be uh, clearly articulate about Buddhism because there's things about Buddhism because I read it all and I don't consider I never there was no single path I chose. I I reading everything I pulled the things that resonated for me that, 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 that in that might like literally. Are I, you anything? Do you consider yourself any kind of uh, no. zero religion? No, I, I do not. I do. Spiritual, no. Buddhist, Catholic, uh, Muslim, I don't no. know, Jewish, nothing. No, zero, I, nothing. No, I don't, I don't have a definition. <laughs> no. It's like really hard to define me. You know that. No. <laughs> Listen to me. I, I, if, if, if more people you, like you would be a fucking better world, we're in, boy. I was gonna say, how do you define me? No, I don't. Uh, I don't actually limit don't, that. You want me to do that? I think, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that that. I think that that 
um, when something resonates as true for me, I don't care where it comes from. If it's a truth that I can take on and, 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 and I feel like, um, that it changes my perspective, which changes my world. If it makes me, you know, understand I mean, things very deep for a young way. person. I mean, I'm, I mean, but it was years of evolution. I started at 28, Lara. No, I, I, I mean, know where I, you are now. I know, I, I know where you are now. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just at that point at 28 years old, you already lived life. You're already an air traffic controller. You mm. know, you have fun. You're like the party. You, you, you know, and you're very, fun person to be around period has nothing to do with anything else you're a fun person to be around thank you and so it's hard to just like to to think okay how does a person like but i i, I kind of know because as i got old i started reading more and different things you know whatever they hit you you know whatever i, I remember reading the cycle you used to send me in my encyclopedias mm-hmm. i fucking read fucking world oh, almanacs and i was just that was what i did yeah. i mean it, and then, you know, you become obviously educated or something like that. Okay. We're going to go from the life ahead healing. And we have a few more minutes. Yep. Life of healing. Mm. How do you get to be a own your own company as a trainer? Like where does somebody come and say, hey, I want to pay you mm. to train these people mm. to do this. Yeah. Because you're not formally trained. You never went to a company and worked for this guy that says, okay, uh, you're good at this and let's train you. And then I'll break off. How the fuck did you do that? Tell the people because they want to do it. Well, so I was back in the mystery again. So this was on my fifth or sixth trip through the mystery. Anybody out there, don't fucking go crazy with mysteries <laughs> with, with Cheryl over here and tell me, Larry, I just followed Cheryl. I'm in the mystery. I love the mystery. I, so, you know, some I mean, of these people won't be in the mystery to be in jail. <laughs> well, that's not that. I'm hoping not. Not right. that. That's not where the mystery leads. I always actually, here's what I say. Every time I dive into the mystery, I've always, always ended up in a better, more extraordinary space and experience that I could have dreamed up on my own because it's never been anything I would have even thought to do. So I couldn't have made it up to set a goal to do it. Ever. Like nothing I've done. So you really have, but I see you when we talk marketing with my company mm. or we talk anything. Mm. You are a calculating woman. You are a very structured, organized, super brilliant woman. So you do do that. It's not just, I'm not planning. I watch you do pictures and how to do it. I mean, it, it, before you know, it, we're on a trek somewhere and it, oh shit, this looks good. <laughs> I, so I laughingly say I've never done anything that I've been qualified to do. But now that I've done so much, I'm kind of qualified for everything. I mean, I've just done so many different things. So so this last one, what I'm doing right now, I was back in the mystery. I was in between, hadn't, was, was. And now again, you left the attitude of healing? Oh, I left the, that, that was way before. Yes. La- but I, I, why I, did you leave? You didn't like it, it was, anymore? No, it was just time. I was complete. Okay, okay, it complete. was just time. And so then, and then I all, almost always do. I do know money doesn't drive you. No. Although you make money, good I mean, money. I love, yeah, I'm not yeah, saying I don't yeah, like You live good. Money. The wine you drink, you probably spend more on wine a year than most people. <laughs> good. <laughs> There's probably some truth to that. Um, no, after attitudinal healing, I went back. In the, so then I ended up doing a, I did a, you know, a personal retreat. I just went into, I spent the winter at a cabin with no, no, no electricity. I mean, it had, it had no heat, only by fire, um, no TV. I had, did have a plugged in telephone. It was just me and Jagger, my my dog at the time, in the remember, Valley of Enchantment. I remember that? You remember that? Yeah. And no, so, I remember Jagger. Yeah, yeah, Jagger, of course. And so we just went to the Valley of Enchantment for the wintertime by myself in a cabin and just 
did a deep dive into the mystery, just kind of, again, doing my thing, giving it space. I came out from there and ended up being a managing director for the California AIDS rides and the Avon Breast Cancer Three Days. Do you remember when I did yeah, that? Sure, I do remember that. So then I completed that and then I went on and then I went back into the mystery. And then that's when I did my did 14, no, that's when I did my 14,000 mile uh, road trip uh, across country over the next 10 and a half months, just visiting loved ones. Then I got, then I went to the Vipassana meditation retreat, came out of that. Friend of mine had just bought a spa in Tiburon and asked if I wanted to run I that. I remember Tiburon. So I ran that for a while. Then I left that. So that's what I'm saying. So by the time I got to this, there had been a lot of trust in the. I've done a lot of deep dives in the mystery. Would you say one of your skills is obviously is people skills, uh, connecting? Mm. I mean, I, I have that too, I think. You do. But um, I don't burn bridges. No. I, I mean, I have so many connections, so many things. People go, wow, yeah, I mean, huh? you know, I mean, we're doing things now. And they go, yeah, do you know this, right? We did something and we, and, and, you know, we connected, yeah. you know, and then and then everybody wants to help everybody like we talk about. Right. And uh, so before you know it, is that your, yes. th- is that your key skill? Or so, so to, I'm, I'm trying to give somebody that's a, a nice, a, I, it's I think a nice full circle. So it's listening, but it's also I have a I have an amazing network of people who know and trust me, right? But you 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 don't just come up and get that. No, no, you you earn it. You, yeah, you, it, life experiences, you, and, and you are that. Like I am that. You are that. If anybody comes to you that you know, the first thing you do is try to help them. We are the network that we cultivate, right? We yeah. we do the same thing. So I was in the mystery, hadn't worked for a while, and didn't know what I was going to do. And I was, well, I laughingly say it was kind of like in that. 11th hour and then it would go 1159 and then I was at 1202 I'm kind of like I'm at running out of resources I need something to happen and I woke up seated with this thought call Matthew now Matthew was the um the president of the board of directors of the center for attitudinal healing so I'd known him for decades like we when we had become friends I woke up and he lives in new, he was living in New Mexico so I woke up and had this thought call Matthew now what I do that I'm very good at is I don't question oh my god why would i call matthew i just picked up the phone and called matthew i went okay called matthew and i told him this i go i just woke up with the thought that i'm supposed to call you <laughs> and he laughed and he was like okay that's great i'm about to leave for costa rica and i said i think it has something to do that i've been trying to figure out what's next i think that's the reason i'm supposed to call you and he goes oh that's so interesting that you say that cheryl for the first time ever the 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 training uh the head of the consulting for corporate training in this in this company that he was an independent consultant with doing this right he just called me and asked if i knew anybody that would be good at this you should call him and i went okay i'll call him so i called i called bob and i said and i just said that you know, Matthew Mitchell said that you were looking for someone. I'm calling, do that, blah, 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 blah. Turns out for the company, it was actually based in uh, in the in the town right next to mine. So instead of it, so I literally got to, he was like, well, come on in, let me meet you, right? And um, and we met for a couple hours and, um, and it as it unfolded, I had to go through multiple interviews and then I had to go through a train the trainer where you have to pass. It's another up or out thing. I know. Trade your training. And so I was so unbelievably insecure. I never wanted to do corporate training. It was just something that I just felt really train. The trainers actually terrified me. And I didn't want to go through a train the trainer for corporate for, for this type of training. 
And so I was so absolutely petrified of failing that he, that I, I so overprepared. He said that he's never in his history of doing this had anybody show up as prepared as I was for this training. And you know, I, then they told me one of the one of the longtime trainers there who had been there for thirty years, who I had observed and and um, was kind of learning from. He told me that um, I would never get more than a couple trainings a year for the first couple of years. And um, I went well what the hell good is that going to do if I need resources, right? So I went through the process anyway, like, you know, basically, you know, hit it out of the park. And in that first year, I was the second most utilized consultant in the company. So that's how that started because I listened and made a phone call. And then obviously then you, you, you're your own, you know, I was always on my own. That was all independent consulting. Right. So, okay. Now what's your next trick? I'm super curious about that. I don't know what's next. Hey, look, you like that. That's a good question. Yeah, I'm really curious. All right. Now, uh, 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 you're so amazing. I could say, you know, we, we talk so much, but I could still talk for hours. Uh, I'm asking a few last questions I always ask. Okay. Where do you see yourself in six months, five years, and 20 years? Okay. In six months, I see myself... In the Canary Islands, okay, because I'm there for nine months. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I mean, I don't mean in where you're living, fucking. You well, know. that's all I know. I can't. All I know is the next nine months where I'm living. I have no other answers. I don't set goals. I don't set. You goals. don't see yourself. Uh, um, uh, you you have no goal set. Like I want to do five trainings this month or year or, or ten or something to goal to do something. You just you've never had a goal, and it, it that is really counterintuitive to what people. Yeah. Whether it's colleges or not, very, you know, very, very, and I, very. I hate to push something if a person can't handle that. But here's because, and so it's this is this is obviously people have to follow their heart and their gut on the level of security yeah. that they need. I, but the thing that for me is, if I had ever lived in that where I set six month, five year, and ten year goals, I would have never done anything that I'm doing now because I didn't know this was even possible to do. I, I, I get it. Right? I'm, I'm kind of like that. You yeah. know me, I'm all over the place, but I'm going to, I feel it. I yeah. do it. And, yeah. and that's just the way I get it. That's right. That's right. So now uh, here's the one thing that I do though. The one thing that I do believe in is, is like, so the goal would be um, for me to, you know, con continue my own personal evolution and do transformative work in service of helping people transform their lives and be successful. Like I, I, I can, I have ideas and goals of what I want my experience to look like and feel like, but I don't name what it has to be to give me that experience. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. Like I want to, I want to, like I want to keep traveling the world. I want to, I want to keep being able to, like you know. Is that? I wonder what that comes things. from because I have no desire. And I, it's just I was man. born with a wanderlust okay. from the, as early as I can remember. Do you remember I saying, I don't have a... a from as early as I I'd rather remember. be in this RV. Yeah. Well, that's for... But this is a good part of being of wandering as well. It's just, yeah. you know, I love that as well. But that's the thing is I knew from early on, I always said that I want to see the world, good, bad, and indifferent. I want to see... I want to experience the world. I said that from as early as I can remember. All right. Five years. Um, experiencing the world and... And 20? experiencing the see world. i was a dead 20 okay yeah you do. Me. which i kind of wish you'd stop saying nah, that. how about if fuck? you just say quality of life like i want to be highly functioning i want to be you know have incredible mobility don't I fuck wanna... my goddamn 20 oh, years I up I know, I know. <laughs> okay one uh one question before we end yeah uh you experienced the shaman and mm. ayahuasca mm -hmm. what did you think of it of doing ayahuasca yeah ayahuasca is a 
It's an incredibly powerful plant medicine that can be used as an extraordinary transformative tool. Set and setting is incredibly important. Who the person is leading it is the most important, that level of trust. And I would never recommend it to anybody. People have to be called to ayahuasca and it, it should never be. Do you not be believe in acid? What does that even mean? Acid, you know, the drug acid. I, I know what it is. That's what I'm saying. What does it mean? I well, because uh, listen, DMT, mm. which is, is is the chemical ingredient for ayahuasca, or acid has the same hallucinogenic effect, mm. kind of. Mm. Uh, and I've done them all. And uh, I, I'm a pro with those because you you made some good points mm. about not you know getting a person and, and being around that right person. I don't know all of that. I think you have to know who you are. Ayahuasca is not a recreational drug. Nobody does ayahuasca recreationally. Like it's just not like if you can, but if you want to pull out part of the chemical and go do a trip, that's, I'm not saying acid or whatever, but ayahuasca itself is not a recreational drug. It is a hardcore plant medicine tool that can be used for transformation, but it's a, it's a big deal. Nobody should play with ayahuasca and you should do it only if you're called to do it and you should know what you're getting into when you do it. There's an entire dieta that does. I was, I did, I did, I in, in preparing my body and vessel for it. I did three and a half weeks of a really intense cleanse. I was like super prepared mentally, emotionally going into it. I, so there's a whole process. You were just talking about recreational stuff. Which well, is yeah, not what I, I'm, I only talk about because I've had some of my best experiences in life, yeah, uh, recreation. I don't even know. I I told you I had a out of body experience with, mm -hmm. with with acid, and I'd love to do that again. I'd love yeah. to get there again. Yeah, and and you always try, but you didn't do that yet. So that wasn't conscious, though. It was actually. I mean, you you weren't consciously actually taking it so that you could leave your body. It happens. It happened when you after I was doing it, and That's I right. want to do it again. Right. I wish I could get yeah. it then. Yeah, holding on to anything like that is actually makes it really hard to do when you hold on too tight to the experience you want to create because every single time, and you know this, no matter what type of chemical you're doing, it's a completely different experience every time. Because, yeah, because you're. I mean, there's there's similarities, yeah. but it's not the same. And ayahuasca is for sure not that if you're doing it in. in well, you know what uh, I did? Did you, ever, did you ever go to a sweat? Did you, did you ever sweat? Yeah, Indians? I've done sweat lodge, and I, I've done them, mm. but we used to smoke weed in there. But anyway, <laughs> it was a prison, but. uh that's pretty intense. Of course it is. I mean, uh, most people fall out. I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I got a hold of who I was. I had a, you know, you had, you had really oh, super calm intense. yourself down because yeah. you, you feel like your body's burning. Mm -hmm. And your lungs. Yeah, the, yeah. the lungs uh, is the big one. Breathing in too uh, deep. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. In. And you breathe mm -hmm. through your nose. You know, you had to do it. And it was pretty intense. It's super intense. And, and I got, and I liked it. Yeah. You know, afterwards yeah. I liked it. You know, yeah. it was like, because you just, Wow, what did you just do? Right, which which also so you take that really powerful tool and then it have in, and then if it's actually facilitated by somebody who's very powerful in the process, me to keep you like in you, the if process, I give you acid, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, honey, just like you. <laughs> I'm not your dealer, everybody. Yes, I'm not your dealer. No, uh, no I, yeah, I, I get. But it. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I actually think that they can be incredibly transformative. Well, I, I, I just. Listen, I get it, but I just don't know if it has to do with that person. You know, the person you're, it, you're talking. It can. Maybe with ayahuasca. It, I, I don't it know. Can. I'm talking with, with drugs or whatever I've done. I think it has to be, yes, you should be in a safe, I call it a safe place. Yep, set and setting. Set, okay, safe place. 
and then let the experience happen. And I don't think you have to be with anybody or it has to, you know, give it to you. If you know the person and you get it from the right source, you trust it, obviously. Then I think you can do some amazing things. And 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 I that's me. And and, and listen, I, I always been a pro drug person, but also pro responsibility. Yeah. So we're it's yeah. So on a caveat, not recommending it to just No, I don't re- no, 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 no. And you have to be that. over thirty. <laughs> nah, I don't know. <laughs> Over oh, 21. Uh, but anyway, is there anything you'd like to say? We're going to have to close. You're amazing. I just enjoy uh, rapping with you because we rap. And, and there's so much on my mind that I want to talk about. And we will. We're going to do a video. I want everyone to know. Check out a video coming out real soon. Within it. This trip we are on is amazing because we're going to be going. And I'm going to do some videos every place we go, I think. Yeah. I yeah. think it's just a lot of fun. We're seeing different things. Where you know you're experiencing things, the road, the sleep, the read, this, the connections, the the talking, the whatever. It's yeah. this is so fucking amazing, mm. and I love it. I've been planning this since we talked about it months and months ago. Yeah, I you know this is very exciting. I'm so happy to be able to be fully in, immersed in your world with all your people out there. Yes, and have this so. What would you give them? You? Well, give somebody some advice, uh, a life advice you'd give. Uh, a person who might be my audience, which is usually a younger, I mean, 20s to 30s, whatever, you know, I have a younger audience. Yeah. I don't have, I mean, it's not many 65 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's amazing. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, no, no shit. I don't want then, them. Because then here we are, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You know, one of the things that I love about the attitudinal healing, it says is that we should never give advice. We should just share from personal experience, right? And so I think that's actually part of but what I would what I would encourage people to do um and is is to to bring in a level of consciousness around your that you're creating. Don't get too deep. Okay. You asked me to you asked me to say I, it. I, I get to talk now. I, well thank you. He Where did. do you see that on tape? <laughs> uh, no, uh, so just, you know what I meant. But, I, I mean, because yeah, I don't want you to lose people. But I don't, like I work with teenagers. People get it. Let's give them some credit. Like young children get this really, really well. Adults can get it. Like bring it into like make conscious choices. Just recognize. In other words, think before you act. What so? But think think about what you're thinking. How about if we start there? Choose your thoughts wisely. Because they become the experience of your life. And follow your heart. Like, just drop out of the spinning. Your mind, you know, here's the way. Yeah, that's here's, me. Here's, really is a lot here's of the way I talk about the mind. It's like an untrained puppy. And an untrained puppy, if it's chewing on your favorite uh, your favorite shoes. microphone, your favorite pair of shoes, that's going to create suffering. So take that Take your shoe out of its mouth and give it something to chew on that doesn't create suffering. That's your thoughts. Stop chewing on thoughts that create suffering. Take take that thought out and put a thought in. And that's why that's why there's no magical thinking around mantras. It's training the brain, right? It's training the brain to actually think about things that create peace, right? Like my favorite mantra in the world is may everything unfold with ease and grace. Everything unfold with ease and grace. So if I start getting nervous or, or worried about something or I start spinning in all the what ifs of this, how am I going to get this done, everything, I just stop my brain and I go, may everything unfold with ease and grace. And I'll say that over and over again until I bring peace in where I can then reconnect, right? So that's the training your thoughts is what is easy. 
easy to do. You just have to do it. It's an untrained puppy. That's it. I think that's a good analogy. Yeah. I mean, I know because I, I, I look at it as, as I get older with experiences. Mm. You know, you can't beat experience. There's nothing. Nothing beats experience. You know, with whatever. It doesn't matter. And then I think when you realize it's all bullshit, this whole fucking shit is bullshit. I don't watch the news. I don't watch news. Yeah. You know what? My life has been better. That's right, and that's a huge thing because you used to have it on the background. You remember? You remember? You? Rem- I, I have you seen it one time? Mm, no, you haven't actually. I'm really proud of you. I just don't do it. Yeah, I don't fucking do it. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what? Is my life has gotten better because it means nothing anyway. They talk 24 hours a cycle, and I don't care what net- network you're watching. It's all brainwashing. It's anyway. brainwashing. Anything that's repeated over and over and over and over again is a brainwashing practice. Yeah. It is, and I and I refuse that. I'm an independent thinker. Yeah. You know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to thank you again, Cher. And thank we'll come you, back. Honey. I can't wait to the video. Everybody, it's Cheryl. I want to end this with saying, uh, uh, as as Cheryl says, live your life, man. Don't fucking just survive it. Live it. Go out there. Find out what you like to do. What you do. And I always try to tell people, of course, make good choices, but try to help somebody someday. I don't care if you go out there and you open a door for an old lady, yeah. carry a package, uh, be nice to somebody on the phone. Sometimes I take my car and I take down my uh, my easy pass and I go through the toll and I stop for 10 seconds and say, hey, I hope you're doing a good day. Nice. I just hope you're having a great day. And thank yeah. you for doing it. I've had guys go, man, I was having a bad day. Thank you. Yeah. You don't know what somebody's going through. That's it. And it didn't take anything to fucking be nice. And care for yourself when you're going through something. Kindness to others, kindness to self. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. All right, everybody, have a great day. We will see you Friday. Uh, make good choices and stay tuned for the next show. Have a good day, everybody.